Hey everybody, Tyler Smith here. Uh, Minisode number thirty-eight. Uh, I we uh, we're on the clock, or I guess I should say the clock is running. We're not getting paid for this, um, so we got to we got to jump right in. But I do have some announcements, uh, real quick, of things you can find on the website right now. Um, okay, so first off, um, for those that uh, don't know, the last couple weeks uh, have had re- uh, reviews of. Noah and God's Not Dead. Um, we've been getting good feedback on both of those, so thank you uh, to everybody who listened and uh, weighed in. Uh, but I also wanted to let everybody know um, a couple of things. First, if you go to morethanonelesson.com, one thing that you'll see is that, um, okay, so uh, Will Gray, who was a guest on this show and who uh, in summer of 2013 uh, actually passed away from uh, cancer, uh, he made a film called Broke. Uh, That's what he was talking about when he was a guest on the show. And it is now available to view through Snag Films. And I've actually embedded it uh, on the website. So if you go to morethanonelesson.com, you can watch it through there, or you can find it through Snag Films as well. So if you would be interested in watching uh, this documentary about uh, being an independent uh, musician uh, and just get a sense of uh, who Will was and uh, the music that he made, um, I would recommend uh, watching that. It's a, it's a pretty good movie. So that's the first thing. And then second thing, um, I was recently on a podcast called The Auteur Cast, and in which I discussed Warren Beatty's Dick Tracy, which is a film that I absolutely love and uh, had a lot of fun uh, discussing. So uh, I think that's about it. Um, so yeah, I think we will go ahead and move on. Uh, I will welcome in my co-host, Josh Long. Josh. Hello. How you doing? Good. All right. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we are continuing our mini-sode series uh, on the best of pictures. The best. Last time, we talked about No Country for Old Men, a film that we uh, both loved. Did we like that? We did like that, didn't we? I think we, we came down... Okay. Uh, Positive. Positive. Uh, more pro than con. Okay. I'll, I'll just I'll say that. Okay. Um, this week, it's going to be I don't know. There's going to be an interesting discussion because we're going to be talking about Martin Scorsese's The Departed, which won Best Picture for the year 2006. And this is a film that uh, it won a number of other things. It won Best Picture, Director, uh, Adapted Screenplay, and Editing. Now. I view 2006 as actually kind of a weak year. There's some great movies in there, some really wonderful films. But uh, but when I look at the field of best pictures that year, there aren't ma- like there aren't many that I would go with instead of this. There are things yeah. I would have nominated, uh, but of the nominees, it's uh, I don't know what I would have gone with. But that's a, a discussion for later. So uh, Martin Scorsese, The Departed, is a film that is uh, beloved by a lot of people. Uh, they really respond to his directing style as everybody does. And the story is one that it just has inherent power. It's the story of, uh, rats and moles. Uh, there's a guy Another who's various garden yeah, pests, weasels, weasels. There's a lot of weasels. There's some weaselly things going on in there. Uh, basically Matt Damon plays an undercover cop working in, uh, in the local Boston mob. And then Matt Damon plays, uh, a guy who is a cop, but is but reports back to that mob boss. They don't know the other person is doing what they're doing, 
And so uh, that's where the tension comes in. Mm-hmm. It's very intense at times. And it's a, in many ways, it is a good movie. It is a fun movie. I do own the film because much as I may not love it, it is insanely rewatchable mm-hmm. um, in my experience. Uh, I think from an acting standpoint, everybody is at uh, the top of their game. With the possible exception of Jack Nicholson as the crime boss, who, while a lot of fun, just is maybe one could say a little too over the top. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's hard to say. Um, when I, I read an interview in which he said that he, he approached the characters just, okay, well, not unlike when he played the Joker, um, he just takes a normal person and takes away all inhibitions. Like this is somebody who's willing to murder to get what he wants. So what would that, how would that person act? He doesn't care what people think is right and wrong. He only cares what benefits him. And so, you know, the character's a little insane. And so that makes, that makes a certain degree of of sense. But, um, but I feel like it would have been interesting to see that character a little bit more muted and a little bit more sympathetic. But that's that's me. That's that's a picky point, and maybe that wouldn't have been r- the right type of performance for a for a movie with this general tone. Yeah, so maybe. I don't love the movie. I'm not head over heels with the movie. I think there are some major, maybe not major flaws, but there are things that kept me from embracing it, mm-hmm. um, as some people did. Um, but by and large, I, I still enjoy the movie. Uh, what does what was your general response to The Departed? Um, I kind of feel the same way. I don't. I don't love it. Um, honestly, I there's a good bit of it I have forgotten. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt the. I haven't felt a very strong desire to go back and see it. Um, and maybe it's because I feel like it's it's just not really my type of movie, which is fine. Not every movie has to be my type of movie, but I think the reason that disappointed me is it's a Martin Scorsese movie. And I generally do like his movies. I'm interested. Um, first off, I, I feel like this may be the first time that, um, that I've heard you say like your type of movie. Now, admittedly, I know you, so I know the types of filmmakers you like. Yeah. And I know the themes you like explored, mm-hmm. but you know, and again, we can't spend a lot of time on this, but we're, we're moving pretty quickly actually. So I think mm-hmm. we'll be okay. What would you say is your type of movie? And how does this film fall short of that? Especially, I mean, it's directed by a guy you like. Yeah. So how does this fall short of your type of movie? And what would you say that is? I mean, I feel like with anybody, the case is probably that there are a few different types of movies that you like. So I, I, I don't think I could say there's one particular thing. Um, because, for instance, I like comedies and sometimes very silly comedies, which... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think are very different than the types of dramas that I like. Yeah. Um, like for instance, Monty Python is very different than an Ingmar Bergman film or something like that. Um, so while I enjoy both those things for different reasons, mm-hmm. um, or maybe I should pick something that's dumber and sillier. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there are things that I like that are both dumber and sillier than, um, Monty Python. Cause there is a, there's an intellect behind Monty no Python, I think, which separates it from other companies anyway. Um, but maybe, maybe a good way to, to uh, narrow that down then would be to say dramas. Cause this is, uh, I think you could call this a drama. I think so. I, I it's feel a like crime it's drama. a crime thriller or right. a crime drama. Yeah. Which is, which tends towards genre. And I think 
I think that I almost don't like as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe that answers the question a little bit. Like um, with a movie like this, you can kind of go two different ways with it. You can go here's a great example. You can go Goodfellas or you can go Departed. They're both mm-hmm. crime dramas, but uh, uh, I feel like they're a very different approach. I'm a hundred a hundred percent on board with you. And what's interesting though is that uh, I don't often feel the desire to rewatch Goodfellas, mm. even though I think it's a better film and I think I like it more. Um, but The Departed, I could rewatch not any time. Obviously, I would get tired of it. But like that one, I've returned to. I think I've seen yeah. Goodfellas maybe twice. Yeah, and and maybe that. I can see that because I think one of the things that I don't like about it as much, and one of the things that makes it, I think, not exactly my type of movie, is I feel like it's less substantial, if that makes sense. Uh, I agree with you. It feels, this is going to sound strange, and this is not the fault of the actors. I don't even really know what it is. Yeah. It feels more cartoony to yeah. me, more exaggerated, like the characters yeah. are archetypes, whereas mm-hmm. maybe the reason that Goodfellas is, for me, hard to watch is because first off it's based on a true story, but also mm-hmm. these seem to be like real people dealing with real issues. Whereas certainly the emotions in the departed are real, but the characters themselves and the way it is written, everything is so, it seems so heightened that yeah. I feel like I, I never forget. I am watching a movie all the time. Yeah. And that could possibly be a result of the source material. Yes. Um, now I'm not, I'm not really well versed in the, uh, is, Hong Kong crime thrillers, yeah, um, which is a, it's kind of a whole genre. Yeah, it's something that um, I would like to be more well versed in because people I, said I would really enjoy. Yeah, that. and I feel like I should know more about it. But um, but even despite the desire to know more about it, I again don't feel like it's it will be my type of thing as much because, like you said, it is a lot of archetypes. Yeah. Um. I again, I'm not super familiar with it, but my understanding of it is. It's very it, that that's what it's like. A lot of types, um, c- kind of action based. Uh, sometimes stories that maybe even revolve around the action, maybe more than even the story. But I feel like I'd be more forgiving of that because that is the nature of that genre. And I think maybe some of it might be my expectation. Mm-hmm. I expected a certain type of Martin Scorsese film. He's yeah. returning to a mob movie. Right. And he set the bar pretty high for himself. Right. And then it turned out to be almost just kind of a, an, an exercise in genre, albeit an entertaining one. Mm-hmm. And so that one is just like, oh, come on. I know you can do more than this. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas maybe if I were to watch those Hong Kong movies, I'd be like, well, this is what you are. Yeah. So that's where my expectations are going to be. Yeah. And I think – I shouldn't say that I don't like anything that deals in archetypes, but I feel like I like that kind of thing more when I feel like it's, it's exploring, um, when I feel like it's really deep delving into kind of a heavier theme. Right. Um, again, that's Bergman. Yeah. And that's, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah. That's all. I think that's, was kind of the end of my thought. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is when you think about it, it might be actually the the general lack the lack of uh, thematic depth that bothers me that keeps me from loving the departed because i don't mean to say the film is emotionally shallow i mean these actors are required to deliver a a, a level of intensity that is that must be all, virtually impossible especially a character uh, an actor like dicaprio who is an intense actor anyway but his character is under such tremendous stress because you're always you know, you, you run the risk of getting caught and, and 
killed at that point. And so, um, so emotionally there's a lot going on there. There's, there's a lot of, there's, there are heavy stakes, but when it comes right down to it, it's actually remarkably, uh, black and white. Um, and like the theme seems to be that like everybody's a rat. It's like, Oh, all right. I mean, that's, that's good and cynical the way I like movies like this to be. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, all right, so, so now what? Cause that's the thing. It's like, everyone's a rat, but so it's kind of throwing that over everybody, but it's also saying, yeah, but there's good rats and bad rats. One of the things that all, that always bothered me is that DiCaprio is viewed as the good guy. Anything he does, he's doing for the sake of a good thing. Matt Damon always is viewed as not merely a bad guy. Nicholson's a bad guy, but he's mm-hmm. the kind of bad guy that you enjoy. Matt Damon is a bad guy that you hate because mm-hmm. he's weaselly. Yeah. He's lying. And I, I think Matt Damon delivers a wonderful performance because that's a hard character to pull off. Um, but one thing that always bothered me is like Matt Damon's character was recruited at age 10 by a large and imposing mob boss who groomed him to do what he is now doing. And the film has the audacity to condemn this kid. It's like, shouldn't we all be rooting against Nicholson instead of the, instead of his victims? Like it just, Mm. that's one of the things that's like a little bit of nuance would have been helpful where it's just like, it's like, yeah, this character is doing terrible things, but look at how, look at what his background is. Wouldn't you do the same thing? If we were to do that, I feel like it's going into territory I like, which is exploring like not condemn not necessarily being condemning of somebody until you you know walk a mile walk around in their shoes you know mm-hmm. like in the, your favorite movie of all time <laughs> no it's not your favorite it's in your top 10 somewhere um and so to kill a mockingbird is that movie for anyone who didn't catch that really i thought that was um star wars <laughs> well that's um, right yeah <laughs> isn't that uh grand moff tarkin this is <laughs> i think i think atticus skywalker <laughs> says that <laughs> Oh man, can you imagine if Gregory Peck would be awesome in a movie like Star Wars, don't you think? Yeah, probably. But anyway, um, so that, oddly enough, more than anything, that is my big problem with The Departed is that I feel like it settles for much easier answers mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm i reluctant to say even say the word themes. It's, I won't say the movie is lazy, but with the level of talent we're dealing with, mm-hmm it could have done so much more than just be an entertaining exercise. Yeah. Do you, like, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, um, I will say that I feel like we are holding it to a different standard because it won best picture. I feel like if sure. this had not even been considered for, um, for best picture, I'd probably feel the same way about it. I'd be like, it's okay. I don't love it, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it being placed in, in, uh, in the arena of, generally substantial films yeah it it feels like it doesn't belong to me well it's a mixture of best picture and this is the movie that martin scorsese was finally honored for everybody acknowledges he didn't get best director for the departed he got it for everything that came before and now here's an excuse to do to to give it to him which is disappointing because i yeah i don't know i yeah i don't know i don't i don't really like when the academy does that and i feel like Sometimes they feel like they have to. And then I like, I granted, I liked to see Martin Scorsese give an Oscar yeah. acceptance speech. Like there is that sense of it's about time. Right. 
but at the same time, it's always going to be, that's always going to be colored by thinking like he should have gotten this in 1980 or, or, you know, whatever, whatever is the movie. 80, 88 and 90. Yeah. Adventure to say. (laughs) Whatever's the one that you feel like is the time he should have won for. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like, maybe I'm wrong. I don't feel like there's anyone who knows movies really well and knows Scorsese really well and says, this is the movie that he deserved the Oscar for the most. Yeah. I I haven't met that person. And and that's the thing. They're not, nobody's arguing that this, that he won best director for this, the best movie in his filmography. It's merely saying there's the best movie of that year. And like I said, it's a weak year. So what I will say is it did win best picture And one thing that excited me about that is that movies like this with this tone don't usually win best picture. I mean, it was, it was interesting. A one, it was a one, two punch in 2006 and 2007 with when it was this and no country for old men, like two movies that are deeply cynical Mm -hmm. and, and exercises in a specific type of genre. I mean, Mm -hmm. when we talk about our next, our next best picture, that'll be, that's more, kind of gunning for the best picture kind of thing. And it fits more with what people seem to think a best picture is, mm-hmm. but by honoring the departed, admittedly, if the movie was exactly the same and it was, and it had a different director, it might've been, it might not have been in consideration at all. Yeah. Would you say that's a fair? Yeah. Assessment? I have, if, if you don't have this cast and this director, this movie does not get nominated for best picture. No way. Oh, I think, I think the movie could be exactly the same with the same cast. Yeah. Same and shots, same, same shots, editing, same script, same deal. Do you think even with the same cast? Even same cast. Hmm, maybe. maybe maybe you'd get some nominations in there for like editing. Uh, Mark Wahlberg might still have been up for supporting actor, but I don't think it would have had the pedigree yeah. that allowed the Academy to, to honor it. Well, I'll bet you anything. If it hadn't been a Scorsese film, I bet they wouldn't have postured it that way. I'll bet the studio wouldn't have released sure. it when they did. I'll bet they would have tried to go summer blockbuster with it. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe even like sometime in the spring or something yeah, like that. It was yeah, it was maybe. a fall release, and so like if it had been winter, then they're like, okay, this is clearly an Oscar movie. But it was fall, so it it could have gone either way. Yeah, they were on the fence with it, and they they probably thought the same things that we're thinking now. Like this is more of an you know kind of just actiony movie than yeah. generally wins. But they were like, but it's Scorsese, so maybe it's yeah. And so I feel bad being so cynical about it because there are good things in the movie. Yeah, like absolutely. I said, the acting, even Nicholson, he's fun. Yeah. It's a fun performance. Uh, I think DiCaprio is doing some really great work. Matt Damon, I think, is wonderful. Mark Wahlberg, also a lot of fun, nominated for supporting actor for it. Uh, Vera Farmiga's uh, amazing. Martin Sheen, Alec Baldwin. It's just, there's a really strong sense of atmosphere created within the performances, but also just the general, the use of music, the way it's cut together. Uh, I think you could probably give almost any Scorsese film an editing Oscar and I'd be fine with it, including this. Yeah. I think it's a well-edited film. Yeah. Um, that was Thelma again, right? As always. I'm, I'm sure it was. I, I haven't looked it up, but I would be surprised if it wasn't. But yeah. And so it, uh, I guess I, so she didn't win this right year, now. right? She did not. In fact, I don't yeah. think she was nominated. Yeah. The year that I've got her in the Oscar pool, see? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was Thelma Schoonmaker, or is it Schoonmaker? I've said Schoonmaker, okay. but I'm not that's, really not sure. That's what I assume it is. And so, um, so yeah, I'm not saying the film, like, didn't deserve some of this, some of the stuff that it won. It won picture, director, screenplay, and editing. Editing I'm fine with, maybe even screenplay to a point, because it is very quotable. Mm. It's, you know, but at the same time, 
one could make the argument that like where it, I won't say fails, where it falls short thematically is at the script level. You know what I mean? And so I don't Mm -hmm. know. It's, uh, it's hard to say a movie like this because it's very, it's very good, very rewatchable, very accessible. But like, but like you said, and as we've talked about and we'll, and we'll probably say once every, I don't know, two or three minisodes, the Mm -hmm. like, the minute you you stamp something as this is the best picture of the year, people start to look at it differently, including you and me. I feel like it can't be helped. Yeah. Um, but so let's let's really quick. Um, let's see how long we've we been going. Oh, good. Okay. So let's take a quick look at some of the other uh, best picture nominees that year. You had Babel, Letters from Iwo Jima, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Queen. Letters, uh, sorry, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. I I would venture to say I hate that movie. Um, there's good things in it, but so much I hate so much of it. And it did win one Oscar for original screenplay, and I feel like it shouldn't. That absolutely should not have happened. Mm-hmm. I feel like every problem I have have with it is at the script level. <laughs> um, so I, I'm not a huge fan of Babel either. I think it's good, but I think it's of Alejandro Gonzalez and Yurito's uh, like ensemble trilogies trilogy now Morris paris is always going to be the best one yeah and i and i also like 21 grams i like that yeah. more than Babel. um yeah but that's I, that's I, a personal preference i think i think of these ones i think Babel would probably be the one i would pick i would letters from iwo jima is pretty great i i liked it a lot i responded to it a great deal that's that's the clint eastwood film yeah and i'm trying to remember which one is flags of our fathers and which ones this is the letters one from iwo jima is takes place from the japanese perspective yes. okay and i think that's an interesting idea i like I think that it is pulled off pretty well i did like that more than flags of our fathers i think i didn't even see that one oddly enough i heard it was not that great it was all right yeah um there's there's a sentiment sentimentality in a lot of Clint Eastwood films that I don't love, and I mm-hmm. feel like Flags of Our Fathers has got a lot more than Letters from Iwo Jima. Probably, yeah. Letters from Iwo Jima has to be a little bit darker because it's from the perspective of darker, and one could say unforgiving because yeah. such is the philosophy of like the soldiers we're watching. Right, I mean, these are characters who won't forgive themselves yeah. if things aren't going well, and, and they will kill themselves. Right, and they don't, you know. They don't end well for them if you know yeah. your history. Yeah, I think that I, I really enjoy. Not, I, I don't know if I enjoy that movie, but I really respect that movie, and I think, you know, the things that we're talking about thematically and what it's trying to do, I think probably that's a better uh, accomplishment, a greater accomplishment than The Departed. Mm-hmm. My favorite of the nominees is The Queen. I think The Queen. I is was going to guess. That was probably yours. Have yeah. you seen it? Yeah, yeah. I love that movie yeah. way more than I ever, ever <laughs> thought I would. It's like I remember at the time uh, um, on Doug on I Love Movies with Doug Benson. It wasn't even Doug Loves Movies yet. Um, he was going through with uh, I think Wayne Fetterman mm-hmm. talking about their fa- their favorite movies of, of 2006, and Doug Benson, pretty high up, said The Queen, and he goes, "I could not give." I won't say all the language. He's like. I could not have cared less about the British royal family, but this film made everything emotionally real. I could relate to these characters as yeah. much as is possible. I, I almost wonder if if uh, American people found this more interesting than British people did because 
as an American, I feel like you don't know as much about the royal family as they as the British people do. Right. Because I feel like they're because I had no idea what was going on. Like, I remember when Princess Diana died, but I had no idea what was going on with the royal with the no, queen and the royal family. And I wouldn't have given it a second thought. Yeah. Um, it's very possible that the people in England were. I mean, it was a topic of 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 media conversation, obviously, yeah. which you learn from the movie. Um, so maybe they thought about it more than we did. But uh, for me, that was just interesting to be like, I never thought about how the royal family had to present themselves and posture themselves within this tragedy. Yeah. And, and that, made, that that was interesting to me. Well, and also to speak thematically about it, it's so fascinating because you have the queen and you have Tony Blair basically representing the old guard and the new guard tradition mm -hmm. and progress and how it's tempting for both parties to condemn the other and say they're the problem mm -hmm. if people would just do things our my way everything would be fine mm -hmm. and it's a film that basically argues that nothing is going to get done and everything will go badly if these two th sides not merely work together but actually and find common ground but actually recognize that the other side has its positives and they are genuine people who have a, a philosophy and they have a, a point of view and just and i feel like that's because it's so easy to watch this and condemn the actions of the royal family and just say they're so heartless they're so whatever um and in fact, you do, but the more you find out about them, the more you realize, oh, wow, you know, uh, maybe I don't agree with their – with the way that they are acting. But at the same time, I couldn't be further from their position. Oh, yeah. And that's something that I feel like uh, – that that sense of nuance when it would have been so easy to just portray the queen as the cold-hearted villain and Tony Blair as the hero, mm -hmm. I feel like – I feel like it's it's nuanced – position was uh admirable which so that's my favorite of those nominees yeah i'm sorry you're about to say something i was gonna say for some reason that's making me think of the iron lady which i haven't seen and i would be interested to see because that's another similar type of character i think that we're really not connected to and is is attached to a certain uh philosophy very much so and a, very, yeah. a certain tradition and i I'd be interested. That might be an interesting compare and contrast. I don't know, having not seen that film, but it's it's a worse film. It is written worse. It's much more. It's a much more conventional biopic. Whereas, like this, like almost every biopic I enjoy, it's not about a person's whole life. It's about this a certain one aspect. could say defining moments. Yeah, and so that's why I wonder because I've heard that it isn't as great. I'm wondering if maybe that's one where it it doesn't as much. You don't look at Margaret Thatcher as much as a real person as you do look at the Queen as a real person in The Queen. You see her as a real person to a certain extent. Right. And, and it does acknowledge that what she managed to do was n at the very least notable. But I get the feeling that like the people who made the film are not in sympathy with her specific policies and politics. But for the most part, they're able to kind of put that aside and say well, what good. she did was good. But at the same time – Again, it, it seemed to acknowledge her more as a symbol, mm -hmm. both of her philosophy and her achievement, than as an actual person. And when it does, it's just like, oh, yeah, she uh, she was working so much, she kind of neglected her marriage. It's like, oh, I've never seen that in a biopic before. <laughs> um, and so, uh, That seems yeah. like such a wasted opportunity. Well, we're, we're talking too much about this movie then. We yeah, should we're talking about the Iron Lady from The Queen <laughs> instead of The Departed. Um <laughs> 
But what I will say, so The Queen was my favorite of the nominated Best Pictures, but of course, there were some movies that were not nominated for Best Picture that resonated infinitely more with me. One is a movie called The Proposition. That was my favorite movie that year. It's an Australian film. I respond to it uh, tremendously. But of course, I had no expectation that it would be nominated for picture or anything else. Maybe mm-hmm. cinematography. But um, a movie you love came out in 2006 called Little Children. Was that not nominated for Best Picture? It was not. It was up for, I think, wow. Actress and Supporting Actor and Adapted Screenplay, I'm sure. Did he win? He won, right? Who? Jack Earl Haley? Yeah. No, of course not. <sighs> not when it is Alan Arkin's turn. For Little Miss That's Sunshine. That's right. That's right. I remember being quite upset about that. Yeah. He's good in the movie, but he is not doing anything I haven't seen him do before. Well, what he does is good. I yeah, like it. Yeah. But come on. The Well, speaking of it's about time Oscars. Oh, I yeah. Mean, that, that was that was a, a bald-faced case of the Academy saying, he's probably going to die soon. Let's give him an Oscar. Yeah. And <laughs> Which like, is very insulting i think yeah and i mean maybe alan arkin would rather have an oscar than not have an oscar but and part of me feels like if you're going to do that why not head on over to the best actor category give it to peter o'toole for venus when in which he's wonderful Mm -hmm. have you seen venus no it's a really great vulnerable performance on his part in a movie that's good not great yeah Uh, but he's wonderful in it and And then he did die and then he did die good job academy admittedly he did get the uh lifetime achievement award that's a few true. years before but uh but yeah and so um but yeah you love little children i think that's a great film yeah um we haven't really talked about it on the show that much before i don't think no we've been toying with the idea of doing an episode on it even though yeah. at this point it, it does kind of fall a little bit out of our uh, yeah recent film thing but i've yeah. loosened up on that a little bit i i i i'm amazed at how, how affecting that film was to me and i think i really like todd field's filmmaking mm-hmm. Um, which limited as it is, I've liked all of it, both of it. Yeah. Um, when we I'm, get to a beautiful mind, we'll bring him up again. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he just, I don't know the, there's a, there's, I feel like a lot of depth to that story. I love the, uh, I love all, all the thing, all the themes that are behind um, the the struggles that these characters are having. Uh, the the I like the way that it's intertwined. It's not an obvious way, but how you're seeing similar problems with all these characters who are a lot of their issues are come from the same roots, but mm-hmm. manifest themselves in, in such different ways. Mm-hmm. And um, I really like where it comes down at the end. It kind of like. It takes you on this ride of supporting something um, because they're excited about it and then making you realize kind of as they realize, like, this is not this is not the way that I can live my life. It's in, you know, if you think about it, it's the opposite of The Departed because The Departed, like what I'm talking about with with Matt Damon's character is that he's the film takes the view that he is a weasel and that he deserves to die. The end. Even dogs don't like him, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as seen at the end. Uh, but um, little children, there are characters that are viewed as positive, but we see that oh boy, they're they're not, but they're not entirely positive. But they're not mm-hmm. viewed as total frauds either, in that they're we think no. they're positive, but they're totally negative. Yeah. And then there's a character that has done pretty bad things in the past, played by Jackie Earl Haley, and. The film could say, yes, he did this thing, but that was in the past, 
and he's misunderstood and he doesn't deserve the scorn that these people are, are giving him. It could take that, and that would be an interesting point of view, but he still has major problems and oh, still yeah. does wrong things. Like, yeah. It, and it's amazing. But does he? Des- but does that mean he deserves the scorn that these people are heaping upon him? Right, because you feel bad about the scorn, but at the same time, that movie does nothing to make him like to dress him up. No, like, and it's not even you know an easier an easier path to take would be to be like, well, here's what happened to him in his past, and that's why he is the way that he is. Right. Nothing like that. There's no excuse for him. Yeah. And, but and I don't know, like the way that it both. It it doesn't let up from condemning him and but still humanizes him. I mean, the stuff between him and his mother is is just yeah. it's uh, heartbreaking to see like how she she wants so much, the, she wants the good things for him so much, but there's nothing that she can do. Yeah, and he 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 tells her essentially he's like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah, and um, it's just it's a film that just refuses. It's it's not without its answers and it's not without its point of view, but it refuses to make it easy. Yeah. Because life is not easy. I would venture to yeah. say. And visually it's beautiful as well. Yeah. I, I feel like that. Yeah. I, I don't remember who shot that movie and I should, I should know that because that's, that's one that I, I love the way it looks. I might be able to look it up here. I'm sure you could. Um, Antonio Calvacci. I don't know who that is. I don't even know who that is. See, he doesn't have a Wikipedia page. I'll tell you that right now. I should find out what other movies he's made and seek them out. Um, yeah. And, uh, so yeah, little children is a great movie. Uh, there are two movies that I really responded to that year. I, I already mentioned the proposition, but mm-hmm. uh, one is called notes on a scandal, which, which is, I haven't seen yet. And I want, I need to see that. I think you'd like that as well. It's, uh, it is in my opinion, Judy Dench's best performance of all time. And I don't say that lightly. And, uh, uh, Kate Blanchett is also astounding. Bill Nye is in it. He's wonderful. And it's just, and this this goes to what we're talking about. Like, there's moral complexity where this this thirty uh, something teacher gets involved in a love affair with a fifteen year old student, and and you think instinctively you're like, oh, what a horrible seductress and stuff. But then you look at her, especially when you see that she has a loving husband and she has children, mm-hmm. one of whom has, I believe, like a a, a mental issue. Hmm. Um, and you just see like the amount of pressure that she puts on herself and that this kid provides a release of that pressure. And like, but that's not even mentioning Judy Dench's character yeah, who is, I think a lesbian that won't, and she won't let herself be really. Hmm. And she's kind of attracted to Kate Blanchett, but she won't let herself be that. And just, it's very hmm. strange and very complex, but it's just, it's, it's hard to watch at times as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but it, everybody in it is doing tremendous work. Uh, but then, uh, a movie that I think should have been nominated for picture is up for, uh, is up for director is, uh, Paul Greengr- Greengrass's United 93, which I think is an astounding, oh, yeah. uh, achievement. Um, and, uh, because, and it, what's interesting is that movie doesn't have, sorry, it does have a point of view. And that point of view is that it doesn't want to take sides. It would much rather Mm. uh, just show you what happened and just let you just marvel at the horrible things that humanity can do and the noble things humanity can do. Mm. And it refuses to make any judgments. I think it judges that like the actions of the terrorists are wrong, certainly. But it even allows a, a little moment for them to be like, well, you know, to at least emotionally process what it is they're about to do, 
but they still do it. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, I, I like P- Paul Greengrass's, uh, directing style, as you will know, if you go back and listen to our Captain Phillips episode. And so United 93 is a film that while certainly not easy to watch, I think is a great achievement. And so, um, so we need to, we need to wrap up because we need to move on to the next, uh, mini soda recording two in one sitting. And, um, and so that's the thing. I know that a lot of people love The Departed. If you're listening to this, you might love The Departed. You might have a lot of reasons for loving it. I probably wouldn't even argue with you on those. It's just the thing I, – I don't necessarily like judging on a, judging a film on what it could have been. I don't necessarily like to do that. But what I will say is it didn't, it didn't really work for me emotionally. I had a hard time getting completely invested in it. Mm-hmm. Um and if it had if it had done these other things that I think it easily could have done given the amount of talent involved, I think I would have been more emotionally invested. But that mm-hmm. doesn't keep it from being an, an entertaining film, just not one that I think is the best movie of that year. Yeah. Um, even in a weak year, I think there were better movies. Yeah. Um, so okay, I think we're going to end there. Um, I know this is a beloved film, so if we, uh, you know, if you have an opinion about this, feel free to email us. Uh, or you can post a comment uh, on this post. So, on on the on the uh, blog post for this uh, this minisode. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Josh, thanks for being here. You're welcome. And we'll get you next time. Bye.